essential. We need them for our brain. We need them for our gut. They are brain's preferred source of energy. So if we're not having that, we're going to feel pretty shitty. You know, it keeps our gut microbiome happy. We need to have fruits and veggies in our diet, things like that. And so, you know, it's all about having that balance and being in tune with your body and feeling out what feels good for you. Because I, you know, what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. That was just a brief snippet from my lovely conversation with Nicole Kuko. Just to give you a little background on Miss Nicole, she is a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer with years of clinical nutrition experience, in addition to being a trained chef with almost 10 years of restaurant experience under her belt. She has a passion for helping people reach their goals without sacrificing the foods they love or their sanity. Nicole prides herself on guiding her clients on their personalized wellness journey and building confidence in and out of the kitchen. She focuses on what she believes to be the four pillars of health, nutrition, movement, mental health, and rest. Her practice is a combination of culinary nutrition and mindful living, backed by an evidence-based approach and sprinkled with a little Pecorino Romano cheese. She's Italian. And she was the best preceptor ever. We get into that a bit in the show. She is on Instagram. You can follow her, DM her at trovare.nutrition. It's linked in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast, Nicole Kuko. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on, a dietitian, a personal trainer, a trained chef, and I also refer to you as the carb queen because mm-hmm. you are Italian, you maintain your Italian roots, you live the Italian life. <laughs> I try my very best to incorporate the Italian Italian life every single day. Yes, you do a great <laughs> job. I follow you on Instagram. I love it. Thanks. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk a lot about carbs. I'm going to try to utilize all of your expertise, mm-hmm. but carbs is something a lot of people ask me about. I'm sure as a dietitian, you get the same. People love to hate carbs, low carb, keto. I want to talk about carbs. I want to start with a simple, as a dietitian, how do you enjoy carbs as a part of a healthy diet? How do you handle that with clients or patients? Um, With clients and patients, it's all, you know, it's all dependent on them and their lifestyle, but there's absolutely carbohydrates incorporated every single day with every meal, most snacks. Um, They're essential. We need them for our brain. We need them for our gut. They are brain's preferred source of energy. So if we're not having that, we're going to feel pretty shitty. Um, you know, it keeps our gut microbiome happy. We need to have fruits and veggies in our diet, things like that. And so, you know, it's all about having that balance and being in tune with your body and feeling out what feels good for you. Because I, you know, what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. So with my clients, I try to find that balance of like, all right, we're having some carbs with our meal, but do we need to add in a little bit more protein? So we feel fuller longer. Are we having a workout later on? Do we need to boost the carbs up a little bit? you know, things like that, working with them and meeting them where they're at, um, because they should absolutely be a part of the majority of our diet. Right. How do you feel? Okay, so as a dietitian these days, one of the top questions I get asked immediately, and I did an episode on it, but immediately keto diet, what do you think about keto? Should I do keto? My cousin did keto. I <sighs> do keto. So you being that you're pro carb, 
Me, mm-hmm. I'm very pro fiber. I'm very big into fiber. I'm big into the gut microbiome, short chain fatty acids, microbial diversity, all stems from that fiber. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion when people ask you about keto, which is, in my opinion, I don't consider that low carb, although it is, but to me, a low carb diet is different than a keto diet, but keto specifically. Yeah, 100%. Definitely a little bit different than low carb, but keto. So if you asked me two years ago, I probably would have started screaming and being like, fuck that. Like, what are you doing? Um, But the grown dietitian in me has realized that if it works for you, it works for you. I think like, you know, everybody's eating patterns are different. I do not recommend keto. I would never recommend keto to a client right off the bat. Um, I don't find it to be useful for any of the clients I worked with, but I'm never going to shit on somebody if they say it works for them. I'll never coach somebody on it because I don't believe, you know, clients that come to me, that's the path for them. Um, if it works for them, cool. Uh, but yeah, no, not a keto fan, not a keto warrior. Um, admittedly and begrudgingly, I do buy some like keto products cause they kind of taste good, like keto granola or whatever the hell it is, like different snacks. But, um, yeah, no, not, still not a fan of keto, but I've grown a little bit. And instead of telling those people to, you know, shove their diet where the sun doesn't shine, I have just said, if that works for you, that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> I'm cracking up because in my head, I'm like, well, this is the shit talk podcast. So if there is someone you want to shit on, this would be the platform to do it. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I'm being funny, but haha. Um but no, I appreciate your take on it. And it's interesting because that's what, in my opinion, a lot of people get wrong with nutrition is like, it's there's never a one size fits all approach. And that's what's so difficult when people start getting into something like the keto diet or like back in the day, like Atkins, like mm-hmm. it gets a lot of press, people lose weight quickly. And so everyone wants to try it, but like everyone's lifestyle is a little bit different. For some people, I'm sure it's a great idea and it works, but for a majority of people it's very extreme it's not good for the gut it's not good for regular bowel movements it's not good for everything i stand for here i should talk and i'm not a fan so you know i i don't know if i've met any dietitians who are like very pro keto but as i'm calling queen, yeah it's like no one but i wanted to ask you given you are pro carb and how you feel about it So I appreciate that. I want to also talk about, you mentioned before, and I mentioned it too, but you're a certified personal trainer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I follow you on Instagram. I see all your workouts, rock and bod. Oh, stop. Toned. You know what you're doing. (laughs) You're like, okay, creep. Um, no, I love it. I mean, gas me up a little bit more. I'm just, I'm trying to accept all the compliments right now. <laughs> I like giving compliments. You know, like, I feel like for me as a woman, it feels natural and I love complimenting other women, but if it mm-hmm. doesn't feel natural, like, I can't do it. I'm someone who like, I can't Agreed. force it. Like, yeah. It's just, it just so bad. I don't think in the time that I've known you, you've ever said anything because you needed to. You said it because you wanted to. Yeah. It's like, that's how I know you at least (laughs) oh and so a little background so Nicole and I know each other she was my preceptor at one of my rotations at my dietetic internship so this is almost 
three years ago at this point. Wow, and man. um, let's see. So the preceptor is like your manager. It's like a, the mm-hmm. clinical terms, like your manager. So I reported to her. Yeah, we had a bit of a wild ride there. I would say I was probably your most unforgettable intern. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, come on. It's a nursing home. How much more fun could we have had there? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. So Nicole's being polite. I Yeah, I had a few wild things going on in my personal life at that time, specifically shit at the fan when I was doing my rotation with her. She was very good to me. I will never forget it. And that's why I say I'm her probably most unforgettable intern because no one's forgetting that shit that happened. So. And my favorite. Oh, stop. (laughs) We did have fun. We did. We did. It was, it was a great time. And after you left the office, it was just like, there was like this light just kind of left. It was like, all right, I'm back here by myself. (laughs) Oh no. Well, I'm glad I at least was a light and you know, not a damper. Um, No, absolutely not. Yeah. Thank you. That's how I felt about you too. Um, that's how we know each other. And that's why I thought she'd be an amazing guest. And just her expertise. She had so many categories, so many like food related, wellness related topics. Um, I thought it'd be really beneficial for everyone. But okay, I digress back to the gym. How do you utilize carbs to fuel your workout? What's your strategy with using carbs for recovery post-workout? Like I get a lot of questions about this and sports nutrition is an entire field of its own because it's a lot of sports nutrition recommendations are like literally the opposite of what a typical dietitian would advise you in terms of like weight loss. It's like very different. You're looking at like, you know, you're prioritizing different macronutrients. It's different, but that's also like D1 athletes, NFL players, like this is not, we're not doing that. Even if you go hard at the gym, a lot of guys I know Mm -hmm. think they are D1 athletes or (laughs) that they're, you know, going to make it in the NBA one day or something. It was like, you're not, I'm talking about like a normal person who has a nine to five and is trying to be healthy, live their life. You have a workout before work or after work. How do you fuel that? How do you recover as a personal trainer and a dietitian? What do you advise? So my method is either one of two ways um, when it comes to to pre-workout. So I am personally somebody that works out first thing in the morning. And contrary to what most sports dietitians are going to like to hear me say, I work out fasted. Um, And I do this because I actually carbo-load at night and usually around like probably within like an hour, hour and a half of my bedtime, um, I have a snack that's a little bit higher in carbohydrates because I know I don't like to eat anything at 5 a.m. when I'm getting up to go to the gym in the morning. Um, I do have some clients that are willing and able to get up a little bit earlier and they'll have, you know, just some quick digesting carbs. It could be, you know, a handful of crackers, um, sometimes an apple. Um, I love the the Bevita crackers, those are like super great. They say they're high in fiber, but they're really not that high in fiber. Um, <laughs> and so like those are great snacks. Um, or like even there's this, uh, bar, they're like fig bars. Those are really great quick digesting carbs. I would never tell somebody to have a Rice Krispie treat first thing in the morning. Um, but maybe like if you're doing a midday workout and you need, a, you know, some quick digesting carbs before your workout, um, that's the way I like to utilize carbs before a workout, just something quick, quickly digested. You don't want anything too high in fiber or too high in fat. You're going to really fuck with your gut throughout your workout. You're probably going to have some bubbles. 
um, and maybe some embarrassing moments, depending on how high fiber and high fat you want. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, it's so funny you say that. I used to have a personal trainer, Angelica. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see, I haven't seen her since COVID hit and like the world stopped, but she and I once, I would see her like three times a week. We have like a great friendship. So I was like very free. I'm free in and with anyone, but I was very free with asking her questions. Mm-hmm. And she was stretching me out one time, like, you know, in like a position, she was like on top of me with my leg. I'm like, you know what, Angelica, like, what would you do if I just farted right now? Like, <laughs> like it must have. She's like, oh, Liz. She's like, of course it's happened. And then she like was so professional about it. It was like, you know, it's natural for the body when you're releasing and tangible, all this. I'm like, no, I'm like, just, just shoot it straight. Like you don't have to be professional here. Like what happened when the guy farted in your face? Like (laughs) (laughs) we had a nice awkward laugh and we moved on. (laughs) It's like, clearly it's like he didn't fuel properly or he ate too close to the workout, but yeah. What's you give a lot of really helpful information. What's like one big no-no that you see people doing with carbs? Because you have to be strategic with like the timing of your carbs, white starches versus whole grains, keeping fats and proteins down, doing all that before. And then after, you know, people are big on protein, a protein shake, you know, rebuilding muscle, get the protein in. But people forget about carbs afterwards and you do need to replenish. So Mm -hmm. what's, are there any big like, common mishaps or common no-nos that you see people doing either fueling or recovery that just are reoccurring that you see happen time and time again um i think a lot of the time i think you hit the nail on the head everybody's focused on protein and everybody forgets that like ideally we want like a three to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein post-workout to help with that that cellular repair you know muscle soreness and replenishing our energy stores because you have a sweaty workout you're gonna feel pretty uh pretty tired afterwards and carbohydrates kind of help boost that energy up. So you definitely want to make sure. So if I'm having like a 25 grams of protein, say in my protein powder, I want to have at least 75 grams of carbohydrates with that. Um, And, you know, you don't want to obviously have anything that's going to make you feel like super tired afterwards. You don't want to have like, you know, a massive meal and then, you know, have to be exhausted for the rest of the day. You want to make sure that you're you're eating foods that feel good to you, not because you feel like you have to eat them. I think that's also a huge thing when it comes to to working out on top of, you know, we could talk about supplements for three hours and how people think they need to take a billion different supplements to, you know, go through a workout. <laughs> I'm not to cut you off. That bothers me the most. I have had clients where they're like, oh, this is what I take and I do it to build muscle. And they, they list me like 45 things. I'm like, no, just how do you have time to eat after you're taking <laughs> 50 bottles of supplements? I'd be stuffed all the water. Mm-hmm. To get it down. Like, I mean, yeah. are there any specific supplements you take or you recommend to people? And again, these, these are general questions the audience needs to keep in mind. Like everyone's so specific. Everyone's a little bit different, but in general, are there ones that you do think like definitely these are worth it, take it, they help with muscle repair, <clears throat> excuse me, recovery, whatever? Or are you just like, no, like obviously food first always, but always we usually can't get everything from food. So supplements are sometimes just necessary. Mm-hmm. Are there any that come to mind? Um, I definitely, I have been taking more creatine monohydrate, creatine monohydrate. I take it in the pill form. 
Um, it really helps with energy stores. It also helps to get you through workouts. Um, there's a lot of new research coming out about the neuroprotective effects of it. So protecting your brain. Um, and it's a very low cost, like low risk supplement. Um, you obviously want to make sure any supplements are third party tested because they can put so much bullshit in them. Mm -hmm. Um, admittedly, I do take out, I take pre-workout from time to time because 5am is a rough wake up. Um, but I'm always making sure I'm choosing brands that I know are third party tested. They are, you know, noteworthy, like reputable brands are not just some like super jacked, like get your stamina up, like get it from the gas station pre-workout. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually talked about vitamins and supplements last week with my guest and we talked about like the NSP or sorry, the USP seal, NSF seal mm -hmm. and the clean label project. And like, you can get anything off Amazon these days and they'll literally have like nonsense in it, stimulants, mm -hmm. things you, you know, they're not on the label. Um, so that's always really important. But I meant more like pre-post-workout. For those who don't know, do you mind explaining what's a pre-workout? So typically like pre-workouts, um, they don't have any protein in them. They're really, you know, some amino acids. They can have things like green tea extract in them. Um, they can have caffeine in them um, to just kind of give you a bit of a boost. Uh, some have vitamins and minerals in them as well. A lot of them will have like some B vitamins to give you that boost of energy. Um, but they're usually a powdered supplement that I would advise mixing with water. Um, I saw a girl this morning taking it dry in the gym and it's like dry, but like yeah. a dry powder. Yeah. So she take, they call it dry scooping and you take, it's usually like a very small scoop that they come in and you take the dry scoop and you put it in your mouth and then you put water in like as a quick form of taking it. And that is super dangerous. You don't know how quickly those things can all be absorbed in your body because they're meant to be absorbed in like diluted into the water and then absorbed into your body. They're mm -hmm. not meant to come into it straight. Um, so if you are taking pre-workout, always mix it and have it about 15 minutes before a workout. Oh. Um, yeah, it's, it was a disturbing thought, a disturbing sight to see this morning. I was say, that would be tough to watch. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw actually, this is digressing, but for anyone who lives in New York, I walk in the West Side Highway every day and a few weeks, eh, at this point, it was like two months ago, I saw Casey Affleck. He's not like super famous, but Ben Affleck's brother. I saw him mm -hmm. and his girlfriend and cool. she was making him take her picture. But you have to understand we're on the West Side Highway. So her back, she was like posing against the Hudson, but so the buildings, it was New Jersey. So like as a New Yorker, it was really painful to watch. <laughs> and this just made me think of that because I'm like, that is like seeing a girl scoop it. I'm like, that is painful to watch. But like the last time something was like really painful for me to watch. That was like, you know, he had that awful voice that he has. Like it's, I can't even do it. But like, that's his voice. Like, okay. Um, I don't know who he is, but I was literally like, that's where you're taking your picture you with New Jersey in the background. You're in Manhattan. Like it was just, <laughs> I, 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 your heart. But some things are just painful to watch that. Honestly, mm -hmm. when I think of someone scooping a powder and putting it in their throat, I just think of like, it's so dry. Mm -hmm. It's like the cinnamon challenge all over again. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, as an Italian, what do you think about this? I love tiramisu. Mm -hmm. I have to get mm -hmm. a good flavor, but all the cinnamon or is it cinnamon or, or cocoa powder but 
they'll put too much on and I'll breathe and it will literally go to the back of my throat. And I'll, it's like that. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so dangerous for me to have tiramisu. I, I like, I cannot enjoy tiramisu anymore. It happened to me like a few weeks ago. I literally started having a coughing attack and Sadie was looking at me. She's like, mom, like stop. I couldn't stop get, coughing. Get it together. Oh my God. I was literally just talking about my best friend. I was talking to my best friend about this like two weeks ago because we were in Manhattan and we had gotten tiramisu and I was like, oh, sometimes we'll do cocoa powder. Sometimes they do like a very fine espresso powder um, on top or they'll do a mixture of both. And we're having tiramisu and I was like, wow, this is the first time I don't feel like I'm doing the cinnamon challenge with this fucking dessert. And it was just perfect amount and it was layered on. Um, it, It was a great tiramisu but yeah I hate when they it's it's all about the ratios you have to have yes. the right ratios with it and I don't I don't need all of that on top they should come with a warning label because that's not the first time like I'm lucky this is when I ordered it and I was alone in my apartment I wasn't embarrassed Sadie judged me that was it she can't talk so I wasn't worried about you know the feedback but like <laughs> that's happened to me in a restaurant before and it's like you can't like the the espresso cacao cocoa powder whatever it is it's like in your throat mm-hmm. you can't get rid of it, it's dry you keep coughing you try to drink water it doesn't help and it just and then you take another bite it happens again and it's like they it should come with a warning label I, I completely agree then it goes in your nose it's a whole other issue oh like it's yeah it's a mess <laughs> Ugh, well I will not be having tiramisu again anytime soon but I know I a place where I know a place where I could send you to go get it. Oh my this god. This place was this place was where? like it's um it's called Daddy's in New York City. Daddy. I forget exactly where it is. Yeah, D A D D I E S. It's phenomenal. And their tiramisu was um not dangerous, which was phenomenal as well. <laughs> the perfect ratios. Okay, well I'm gonna look that up. hmm Thank you for sharing that. Um of course. I digressed. I don't remember what we were even talking about oh yeah the girl the scoop the scoop girl the, <laughs> the scoop girl Scoop girl. so don't scoop your shit mix it in water mm-hmm. take it 15 minutes before oh okay you mentioned this earlier i want to talk about it fasted versus fed workouts now i wrote a big research paper on this when i took sports nutrition and you know, everyone, there was definitely like a phase, especially with intermittent fasting became really big. Like, oh, do it fasted. You burn more fat. Mm-hmm. You said, you know, you do it first thing in the morning. So you're usually fasted. Although, you know, most people may not agree with it. What's your take on it? Um, I was definitely one of those people back in the day. It was like fasted workouts. This is before I became a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like fasted workouts, burn more fat, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like a thousand percent, not the case at all. Um, I train fasted only because it feels good for my stomach. Like I literally am just not a person that likes to eat that early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I respect when my clients are the same as me. And, you know, what I always focus on is again, that post-workout. So, you know, really within like 30 minutes of your workout, getting in carbohydrates and protein to really start that muscle repair. Um, and again, I also do eat a little bit more at night when I know I'm training first thing in the morning. So like last night I knew I was doing leg day today and leg day is usually my, my heavier load. It's, um, it's a lot more tedious for me. And so I had, um, what did I have last night? I think I had like just a couple goldfish 
and like a piece of chocolate before I went to bed, like an hour, hour and a half before bed, just to have some carbohydrates in my system so that, you know, my gas tank wasn't completely empty. I never wake up hungry. Um, and if I do happen to wake up hungry, I always make sure to have something. Um, but I think the key here is also being able to listen to your body. Um, what I've learned as a dietitian is that like, I can learn everything in the textbooks. I could have all this clinical experience. I can know what to do for me, but I like to teach my patients how to read what their body's telling them um, and figure that out for themselves, like coaching them along the way. Because yeah, I don't like to eat before my workouts and it's very, it's a, it's a very hot topic of what not to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I chose that topic. We got to choose our topic. Thanks, NYU. Thing. One thing I had control. Choose your damn topic for your 50-page paper. So I got to choose my topic. It was of interest to me. <laughs> um, and I was surprised that, you know, studies really don't support a fasted workout. More mm-hmm. science needs to be done. I personally work out usually first thing in the morning. I love a fasted workout, but I'm also not doing cardio. I do SLT, which is strength and length and tone. It's a form of Pilates on the mm. megaformer. So your heart rate gets up and you'll sweat a little, but it's mostly, you know, resistance. It's Pilates. It's a form of Pilates. It's really hard. Yeah. You know, you're out of breath by the end, but it's not a soul cycle class or like, like for you leg day where you're like doing extremely heavy weights and high reps. Like mm-hmm. it's not that kind of workout. So for me, I do that first thing. I do it fasted you know, I have worked out later on in the day. And by then I've had at least one meal, but Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm not super hungry. First thing in the morning, I prefer it to do it fasted, but I will say, and this is what a lot of the science shows is that when you work out after having eaten, you can push harder. So people may Mm -hmm. think I'm burning more fat because I'm fasted. That's one approach. The other approach from my perspective, you tell me how you feel about it or agree or disagree The other approach is you fuel before a workout, so you're consuming calories, but then you can push harder. So ultimately you burn more calories because you actually go harder in the workout. It's a more effective workout. Yeah, absolutely. I think being able to have a more effective workout is a thousand percent the the secret to all of this, more so than like nutrient timing in general, if that makes sense. Um, And I think- an important distinction too is like when we talk about fasting, we're not talking about a 10 hour, 12 hour fast. I'm talking like six to seven hours because unfortunately that's all the sleep that I get. I know I should be getting eight, but I usually sleep about six hours a night. So it's not like I'm going on a 12 hour fast and then trying to, you know, deadlift 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm definitely someone who gets eight hours of sleep. Sometimes nine. Bless your soul. But bless your soul. No, I mean, I I'm I'm fine with intermittent fasting, but the fasted workout versus fed workout—that's a whole other Mm -hmm. topic. But you mentioned so, like the night before, you said you'll because you said you carb load. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. I I can tell you that's something newer. I'm not a sports dietitian. I have the knowledge I have. I can like explain it in simple terms, but I'm not familiar with carb loading. But it's a to- it's a hot topic these days. Yeah, it absolutely is, and I mean it's it's kind of that piece of like you know our body is a culmination of everything we do all the time. It's not just what we do in this one moment or what we did just yesterday. And so I think that's really important too. Our body has 
muscle stores and energy stores. The creatine supplement that I was talking about earlier, creatine monohydrate has been known to help retain some of those muscle stores so that you can go further in workouts. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's important to, when we're talking about carbohydrates and, and energy and things like that, having some later on in the day, because they do take a little bit longer to be digested by the body. You obviously want to have you know, higher quality forms of, of carbohydrates, if your goals are strength or even aesthetic goals in the gym, um, making sure that you're having whole grains and fruits and vegetables. You're not just, I referenced goldfish earlier. I don't just like chug goldfish before I go to bed at night. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not problem. <laughs> you said chocolate and goldfish. So in my head, I was like, is that specific? Like, are you specifically choosing simple carbs when you're carb loading the evening before? Or was that just coincidence? Just, just so happened to be what you reached for. Yeah, it was just coincidence. I had like a brown rice, like taco bowl or something like that for dinner last night. Um, so, you know, again, like the goldfish and chocolate were an isolated incident on mm -hmm. top of like everything else that I chose to eat, chose to eat later on in the day, which is a little bit higher carb. Um, and, you know, again, I think it's it's about feeling out the way things feel for you. You know, like if I do wake up in the morning and I'm hungry, I always have bananas on hand. I always have like crackers and stuff like that on hand so that if I am feeling hungry because our hunger and fullness changes every single day, it's never just we're always hungry at a certain time. Um, you know, I'll allow myself to have that too. So I think having the flexibility when it comes to nutrient timing also matters a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what I've found as a dietitian is like half the battle is being in tune to your body, understanding what it's telling you, understanding what it needs. And the more you tune in, the better you get at reading its signal, well, signals, whatever it's telling you, you know, mm -hmm. whatever we want to call it. But no, that's an excellent point. Obviously, like different things work for different people. Do you think having, so like if you are eating before a workout, say you're eating at 12 and your workout's at 1.30. Mm -hmm. This is when you're supposed to have simple sugars, like that quick energy. And as a dietitian, yep. that goes against basically everything we typically advise. That's why sports nutrition is like such a specific niche because yeah. never in a million years would I advise a client like, yeah, go have white pasta, go have candy, go have chocolate milk. Like I know chocolate milk. I have a friend who's a sports dietitian. She was telling me chocolate mm -hmm. milk is a big one. It hits like, it has a really good oh, yeah. ratio with like the carbs and the protein. I'm like chocolate milk on what planet yeah. <laughs> I advise anyone to have chocolate milk? Like the last time I saw Nesquik, it was like my mom was bringing me home from the dentist. We're talking like <laughs> decades ago. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's funny. But so since you have, you know, background in that, what is, what do obviously, like you said, you had like a more of a whole grain dinner, um, mm -hmm. like a brown rice or brown pasta, whatever it was, taco bowl. So that was higher in fiber. That's not something you would have an hour and a half before working out. That's something you had the night before, no. gives it time to digest, fill up your glycogen stores. But if you are eating an hour and a half, two hours before, what's a better food choice? I mean, even something as simple as like cereal with milk, mm -hmm. um, you don't want like a super, super high fiber cereal. Again, I want to say that the majority of even that quote unquote higher fiber cereals don't have as much fiber as you think they do. Right. Um, you know, having things like dried fruits, you know, pretzels, and you can have like some nut butter with it, um, even granola bars. 
Um, you know, you don't want to have anything too high in sugar, you know, a good rule of thumb that I always like to think about is anything like 11 grams or less uh, of total sugars uh, when it comes to yogurts, granola bars, things like that, cereals included. Um, so making sure you're choosing things like that, that, you know, are digested very easily. And uh, bananas are my favorite one, honestly. Bananas and, and I agree with the chocolate milk. <laughs> Those are great pre-workout. When, when she said that, I almost just headed for the hills. I was like, <laughs> because it's like, it's so not what I would ever advise someone. And that it's just, mm-hmm. that's why when you are fueling a workout, it's important to choose your food specifically or intentionally because it does need to be, you want those simple carbs because if it's too high in fat, if it's too high in fiber, those take longer to digest and it fucks with your digestion. You could, this is when you can be gassy, you can be bloated, you can be more lethargic. You may have to go to the bathroom or, or fart in your trainer's face, fart in like poor Angelica, <laughs> it on, it, or it could also lead to cramping, mm-hmm. things like that. So, absolutely. so yeah, it's a very like backwards thing in the nutrition world. Um, but no, that's interesting. I appreciate your experience and your insight with that. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, I just wanted to move a little into carbs. I mean, we touched on this a little, but I try to always make it clear to people understanding how carbs impact your blood sugar because of the three macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbs, carbs have the biggest impact on your blood sugar and blood sugar levels. I mean, they don't dictate everything, but they dictate a lot. And a lot of your health, in my opinion, from what I've seen and learned, a lot of your health really does stem from being able to maintain stable blood sugar levels, maintaining insulin sensitivity. Like once you lose that, it can lead to a lot of issues. I apologize. I don't know what mm-hmm. Sadie's doing, but she just threw something in the <laughs> She's <laughs> like, mom, spot. pay attention. Yeah, she just, she just <laughs> out. Um, but no, so like what I typically advise people is having your carbs last. So like, and, and this is not for a workout. This I'm just talking about in general. I just want to make it clear mm-hmm. to like distinguish so people aren't like, oh, let me go have white rice and chocolate and do that all the time. Like, no. When you're mm-hmm. when you're fueling for a workout and it's in an hour or two, that's when you focus on the simple sugars. But carbs in general, ideally you're having whole grains. That's where the fiber is. And you have your protein, you have your healthy fats, and then you have your fiber. And if you're having simple sugars, the simple sugars, because they're not going to spike your blood sugar as high after those nutrients that take longer to digest, like the protein and healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And no simple sugars on an empty stomach. That's a big one. Even fruit. Like if you have fruit first thing in the morning, obviously fruit, it's all natural sugar. There's some fiber in there, but it can still spike your blood sugar on an empty stomach a lot higher than people may mm-hmm. realize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I think paying attention to our blood sugars is important. I don't think it means that everybody should go out and get a glucometer tomorrow. No. I think that, no. you know, it's it's all about having that balance, carbs, fat, protein, fiber, and like you need protein and fiber. You know, as much as I love pasta and I talk about pasta all the time, you called me the carb queen, yeah. like 
I, you know, I have a very high protein diet and I have lots of healthy fats. When I make my pastas, I mix in extra veggies and I use good quality olive oil, you know, having, you know, lean chicken and turkey and stuff like that. And they're balancing it all out. You know, it's, it's not just about eating bowls of pasta every day and saying, you know, you're carb positive. Um, I think that, you know, that protein and fiber and maintaining stable blood sugar levels, having normal spikes, you know, we want our blood sugars to go up and down a little bit, but you don't want to start going, you know, over 120 into the 200s and then bottoming out in 60s, 50s, things like that. So, you know, when you're having, you know, carbs, fat, protein, fiber, you don't have to worry about that as much. When you're building a balanced plate, you don't have to worry about that as much. And I think, you know, thinking about the question you asked me about keto earlier, I think the reason why I don't care as much about when people tell me they do keto is because people are buying glucometers. And it's like, I get it, but it's just another layer of stress that we don't need to have. You just need to be able to, you know, build a healthy plate and know that, you know, there's methods like the plate method that could help you out without having to invest in things like this. Right. Well, it's so interesting you say that because like what I find when it comes to like gadgets or what people call hacks. First of all, I don't like the word hack because to me- uh, A biohack. Yeah. It implies you're like cheating the system. You you figured out a way to not have to do the work. Like first of all, there's no hacks. Not when it comes to diet. Second, Agreed. you know, the continuous gl- glucose monitors or is that what they're called? Like CGM, continuous mm-hmm. glucose yeah. monitors they have a purpose for a specific group. They're not bad, but I think people love the idea of, oh, I can buy something. This is going to tell me what to do. And this is going to solve all my problems. So every time there's Mm -hmm. a new gadget or a new hack, you know, that thing, like the lumen, whatever you breathe into it. And it like shows you when you're in the fat state or what I think it's called lumen. I could have just made that up. Um, There is a product called lumen, but I know which product you're referring to if that's not the name of it. Okay, good. Yeah. So it's like you blow into it, tells you if you're like in fat burning mode, if you're burning carbs, whatever the difference is. But people like to have something to buy to be like, this is going to solve all my problems. This mm-hmm. is going to be like, this is the fix. This is the This fix. is it. This is it. My whole world's going to change. Life's going to change. Everything's changing now. But in reality, like if you just pay attention to your mood swings, your energy levels, you're going to figure out if you're on the blood sugar roller coaster. If you're having a dip every day around 3, 4 p.m., like you're going to be able to figure that out. You don't need a continuous glucose monitor or a lumen to tell you, you know, my blood sugar is super high, my blood sugar is super low. It's it's really, again, paying attention to your body, being in tune with it, listening to it when it speaks. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're bad or wrong. I, like I said, I think there's certain people that would really benefit from them and do really benefit yeah. from them. But I think People love to be like, this is it. Like, this is the holy mm-hmm. grail going to solve my problems. And then I wonder, I'm like, so then what happens when you get the continue continuous glucose monitor, you put it in your skin because it's a needle and you mm-hmm. wear it. And then it shows you how high your blood sugar levels are after you eat all of this nonsense. Then we're, oh, it's broken. Yeah. It's not me. It's. It's, it's not me. It's a device. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like, so then when it actually tells you the truth, like, never mind. It's like, people always have an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, it's just like another thing. Like, I hate calling it diet culture, but it's, it's another thing that like, 
the diet culture aspect of, of life really clings to and posting your, your spikes when you eat certain foods and things like that. And I, I just, I don't see the obsession with it. I just see it as another money-making scheme and something else for people to be nervous about that all of a sudden, you know, they're dying, they're doing everything wrong. They're putting themselves at risk. Like, it's kind of like, look what you're doing to yourself type thing. When I see the, I hate the blood glucose charts on Instagram. Like, I haven't oh. seen them. Yeah, there's, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to name the Instagram that always posts it, but there's, there's somebody who, I don't know if they're a dietitian or not. And that's usually the people pushing these things aren't always dietitians. Yeah. Sometimes they are, but a lot of the times they're not. Um, they just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're just trying to scare everybody into buying their product, their powder, their glucose monitor, coupon code, whatever the fuck it is. And that's the kind of shit that really burns me up. <laughs> that's my new keto. <laughs> well, it's annoying. Oh, wait, it was you. I was going to say, someone posted, it was you. As dietitians, I talk about this with all my dietitian friends. You're the one who posted, it was something along the lines of like, well, it was like, so, oh, like I have a heart. So sh- can I, am I now your cardiologist? It's like these idiots, yep. like, yeah, you have <laughs> blood sugar levels. You you have readings. Now you're going to advise people on blood sugar levels and blood glucose when you don't have the yep. experience or the degree or the science or any of the background that really makes you qualified to be advising mm-hmm. that. It, it, what did I, what was it? It was only with the heart advising about a heart. Yeah. So this, this started as an ongoing joke between me and my husband. And I was just like, you know, everybody thinks they can be a dietitian. I said, you know what? I'm a fucking cardiologist because I have a beating heart. People yeah. think that they eat and they can be a dietitian. It's just yeah. not how it goes. And I catch myself saying it more and more often lately. It's when you post that I was cracking up and it's so <laughs> true it's like yeah I have a heart so now I'm just gonna advise you on you know your heart issues and things like that it's like yeah. gotta eat to live we all eat what works for you may not work for someone else but you may have something that works great for you it doesn't mean you're qualified to be screaming from the rooftops the best diet in the world or this product or this food. like it's just too much yeah it's way too complicated I mean we have our degrees in science. We went to school for six years. We did an internship. Like this isn't just like a Google search degree. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> like it's insane. Insane. And it's everything these days. Well, that annoys mm-hmm. me that there's someone with their glucose low. Like keep it to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's like that fear mongering mentality. It's the reason why I post about carbohydrates all the time and all mm-hmm. the pasta that I eat because people shouldn't be afraid of shit like that. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And when you cut out whole food groups, you're losing out on nutrients. You're losing out on happiness. Like you're really going to tell me you're going to go to an Italian restaurant and you're not going to get some form of carbohydrates. Come on. Right. Well, and that's the thing. And that's what I've said in previous episodes. I'm like, you can't cut out an entire food group. It's just not going to work out. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. That's not sustainable to think for the rest of your life. You're not having carbs or you're not having fat or whatever. And there's a, and you're missing out on nutrients. You develop nutrient deficiencies. It changes the gut microbial, microbial mm-hmm. diversity and specifically with carbohydrates because fiber is a carb. When you cut down on carbs, you cut out carbs. There goes your fiber. Here comes your constipation and down goes your microbial diversity. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. So I, I can't, I can't with that. Uh, <laughs> I like don't get me started. 
fired up. We're both fired up now. We're now <laughs> fired up. We're about 45 minutes in almost. We're fired up. Um, okay. My last thing I want to talk to you about, especially because you're a chef, obviously dietitian, you do a lot with meal prep. And I remember this from when I was your intern and we ate lunch together. Really? Yeah. I remember the lunches you would bring. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I'm not yes. But that's so funny. I want you to give tips, what kind of silly problems you see people doing that they can easily avoid. What do you, where do you start with clients when it comes to meal prep? When it comes to meal prep, I like the, the foundation of all my meal preps is having a carb, having a protein, having some form of fiber. Typically I love leafy greens they are super easy. Um, and some form of healthy fat. Those are the the golden four. I think everybody's so sick of hearing them at that point, but they build a well-balanced meal. Um, I think that people overthink meal prepping a lot. They think it means like spending all day in the kitchen and not being able to, you know, leave their house on a certain day because they just have to prep for the week. And I always like to start with prepping lunch. Um, I've realized that over the years that that's where a lot of clients have their downfall. Like they can have breakfast or maybe they skip breakfast and then they'll have like an okay lunch. And then like by dinner time and lunch or dinner and like after dinner, they're like binging. They can't they control nuts. themselves. They go nuts. They have that 3 p.m. crash. And it's like, you know, in my head, I've I've always kind of seen lunch as like the foundational meal. It can kind of make or break you for the rest of the day. Absolutely. And so- that's why I started, you know, talking more about like lunch meal preps and those foundational four, because when you have a solid lunch, it sets you up to make better choices throughout the day um, and sets you up to not feel like shit at 3 p.m. and be able to get through the rest of your work day or whatever else you have to do without feeling crappy. Um, but it doesn't have to be these beautiful aesthetic things like I would post like it, you know, sometimes you go to Trader Joe's and they have like a fabulous amount of pre-cooked proteins and pre-cooked grains. Um, I've been doing a lot of like um, these like pre-cooked like stewed pinto beans lately. It doesn't mean everything needs to come from scratch. I think that's the number one issue is it's okay to use convenience foods. Obviously, we want to look at sodium and we want to look at sugar. We don't want them to be too packed with any of those things, but there's nothing inherently wrong with them. Um and keeping those things in your cabinet can help you with oh shit moments too. So you don't have to worry about being prepped for every single day. You can kind of, I like to think about it as like an episode of Chopped in my kitchen sometimes when I'm like, all right, here we go. What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an excellent point because I see the same thing with people. Like lunch fuels your day. And if you skimp on lunch, you make up for it later, whether it's consciously Absolutely. or subconsciously. You have the crash, you get home, you're ravenous, you, you're, you know, too hungry and exhausted to make something healthy. So you order or you grab something quick and convenient and easy and dinner's unhealthy and then you snack and it's just, it's bad. Lunch has got to be good. Mm -hmm. I like your idea with the foundational four. Yeah. And it just, it makes sure that you, you're having the carbohydrates for energy, the protein for satiety, the fats for satiety, um, and for mood levels. And then you're having that fiber piece. So, you know, the way I build, like I, I kind of build out guides for people at times. And, you know, I really like to always say like, you have to have at least two vegetables, a protein and a carb. 
that's the easiest way to look at it. We don't always have to focus on fat because ideally you're cooking with olive oil or you can add a half an avocado, whatever it is, make it simple. But when you have those things, it makes building it a little bit easier. And having one of those vegetables is a leafy green. You don't have to prep that shit. You just throw it in the container. Call it a day. It's prepped. It's filling. There's like the nutritional values there for not a lot of calories. You don't have to measure your spinach. You can just yeah. throw it in the container. Throw it in. <laughs> Girl, I mean, so. if I don't, I've never seen someone measure a leafy green. Um, oh, I have. But I think that would be another tough to watch up. That would be like the girl scooping the powder and mm-hmm. Casey Affleck's girlfriend with New Jersey as the backdrop. That, that would be tough to watch. Yeah, the weighing the spinach is something that I... Where you, well, I know where you've seen it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a disordered eating pattern. And Absolutely. it leads to it leads to a lot of other issues. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really helpful. Meal prep, again, I think you hit a lot of great points that like people think it's a whole thing. It's going to be all day. Oh my God, what I do. It's like, it's not, it doesn't need to be your whole day. There's things you can buy prepped. I'm big on, I really like lentils because lentils you can buy. There's no additives. It's a dry ingredient. Leave it on the shelf and you can meal prep them. It's like, you know, you boil water, put them in, stir, you know, follow the directions. But mm-hmm. the point is high in protein, high in fiber. They're lower in fat. And I mean, I'm a big, I'm very into healthy fats. They're just like low, it's low in fat in general lentils, but that's an easy thing yeah. to have on the shelf for like those oh shit moments. And it's something you can easily meal prep, add it into salads, have it as a side. Um, yeah, it could be like anything. Yeah. I love the idea of a lentil salad. That sounds delicious right now. It's, I find like they go, their lentils are so underrated and I'll get them sometimes if I go to sweet green, which like, in all honesty, I really don't go there often, but I will get them when I go and it's like, I'm so full. Like they are very filling and yeah. not high in calories, not high in fat, like I said, and then high in fiber, high in protein. They're satisfying. You can do a lot with them. Yeah. Great vessel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been great. I really appreciate you dedicating your evening to me. I know it's you know, midweek or tired. I feel like you've had so much important insights and information that the audience is really going to benefit from and appreciate. So I thank you so much for coming on and I look forward to having you back on Shit Talk sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and listening to me rant about all the shit I just needed to get off my chest, clearly. (laughs) What did you even rant about? I think I did more ranting. Those fucking Lucanas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this is a podcast I can curse on.